You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. I'm KC, and I'll be your host for the week. Uh, sadly, no co-host this week. Oh, yeah, uh, it's just me. But we've got a great show for you tonight. Anyway, we've got news. We've got a special interview, very fun interview with our good friends from the Elysian Shadows team. So after a couple of years, uh, they're back on the Sega Lounge. And they're here to update us on the status of the development process of uh, Elysian Shadows, how they've been doing, what changes uh, were done to the team and the game itself. And so it's a really interesting interview we'll have in a bit, so stay tuned for that. We'll also be talking about uh, some Radio Sega related news, especially one particular thing, but that's more to the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. We've got music picked by the Elysian Shadows team. We'll be playing some snippets of uh, the soundtrack to the game as well during the interview, so stay tuned for that and pay attention. Um, it's, it's all great stuff, and so welcome to the Sega Lounge. Don't forget to join us on Discord, radiose.ga slash Discord. Join us there uh, and you know, just be, be crazy and talk about what's going on on stream. We have a Twitter account as well, at Radio Sega. Use the hashtag TheSegaLounge and join the discussion. But without further ado, let's talk about the week's news. We've got a few to, to mention, so let's start with some Yakuza-related uh, news. Um, apparently, Yakuza is getting a live-action drama in Japan. Uh, this was announced during the live stream of Yakuza 6, um, which actually happened yesterday, so Wednesday. Um, and they'll be they'll be doing a uh, 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 Yakuza uh, TV show, apparently, and that's something to to look forward to, especially if you're in Japan. <laughs> if not, well, uh, you should uh, you should actually uh, try and whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, not much info was shared, but it's gonna be uh, show more uh, details will be uh, shared. Uh, will be announced at the Sega Fest 2016, uh, which will run uh, two days on November 19th and 20th. So in a couple of weeks, we'll have news on this new Yakuza TV show in Japan. Moving on, we have news for Xbox One users who are also Sega fans. You know how the how Microsoft has been working on uh, adding uh, backwards compatibility to several. Xbox 360 games on the Xbox One, and so uh, we're pleased to announce that Guardian Heroes is now backwards compatible on Xbox One. So if you own an Xbox One, you'll get uh, the amazing Guardian Heroes, one of the few uh, Sega games I own on my Xbox 360 as well, and it's a great one, a great port of the original, and you should check it out if you own a Microsoft console. Alien Front Online, as you probably know, um, you know, is not online anymore. 
Or is it? Well, the Dreamcast uh, homebrew community managed to bring it back online. <laughs> the game uh, lost support, lost official um, online support uh, around you know, 15 years ago or so, and now it's back online. So it should be called actually Alien Front Back Online. Sorry about the bad joke. So Alien Front Online is now uh, back online and you can play online if you want. Uh, if you need more uh, uh, news on uh, on that and how to connect on your Dreamcast to to the internet and whatnot, go to dreamcastlife.net for uh, details, for uh, some instructions, and for news on which games uh, actually have online communities on the Dreamcast. Great news if you're a fan of this classic game. Uh, also, something we uh, forgot to mention last week, but the Sonic Hacking Contest is now uh, is now underway. It's been uh, it's been since last week, but um, it's it, you can now download um, hacks for Sonic games and other Sega games from the, the official some, uh, the official website, which is shc.sonicresearch.org. This is uh, an event that. Uh, um, where, where members of the Sonic Retro and Sonic Stuff research group communities come together uh, yearly and they just show off their mods, their ROM hacks and if you want to download the hacks or the ROMs go to as I said shc.sonicresearch.org no uh, retro or uh, Sonic Stuff research group accounts are required to download the files but if you want to vote um, on the community trophies you'll need to have either a Sonic Retro or SSRG's account to, to, to vote and to, you know, to let the people know your thoughts on these ROMs, these hacks. Downloading hacks um, will be possible until the, sun, until the 13th, so this Sunday, uh, and you'll find ROM hacks of Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic Pocket Adventure, and mods for PC versions of the original Sonic Adventure DX release, Sonic Generations, and Sonic Lost World, among others. Don't forget to check it out. Sonic Hacking Contest 2016 underway uh, and until this Sunday. Finally, uh, and if you're if you've been listening to the Sega Lounge, you probably know this, and you should. But next week, November 15th, next Tuesday. The first issue of the Megavisions magazine will be uh, available for download by everyone. If you backed the, the Kickstarter campaign, you'll get uh, a code uh, to, to download the, the magazine for free, and if you, if you backed it at one of those tiers. However, if you, you haven't, you can still go to megavisionsmag.com and find out more about the magazine and you know subscribe now because it's a great great magazine dedicated to Sega and Atlas games and you can also uh, check out last week's episode of uh, the Sega Lounge when we had Graham on on the show and we talked about issue number one just a quick summary of what you can expect from this first uh, first issue you'll have the cover story a conversation with Greg Johnson creator of the Tool Jam and Earl um, series and he'll be talking about you know uh, his uh, his past working on Sega games uh, also this new game that's coming out Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove that's also be uh, that'll be the, the main focus of the, the magazine 
we'll have a retrospective on the Toe Terminal series. Um, we'll have a feature called Past Processing with uh, Tom uh, and Al, Tom Kalinsky and Al Nielsen, uh, two major players in the Sega of America past. And so it'll be something interesting to, to read on. Um, there, there's a feature called Confessions from a Nintendo Fan. Uh, which is going to be fun to read as well. In the arcades, uh, someone will be writing about uh, Sega's beginnings in the arcade industry. And if you're an arcade fan, you'll probably enjoy this one very much. Um, there's there's an article called Should Sega Support Nintendo Switch? Hmm, interesting there. Uh, there's also Box Art Bash. So Box Art Bash. Ever wanted to know the stories behind some of the most infamously bad Sega box art? Well, the Requiem got you covered with box art bash uh, on Megavisions. Uh, there'll be a feature uh, for Sega at EGX. Um, Dan Smith, staff writer of Megavisions, attended EGX and will be talking about his impressions on Sonic Mania, Dawn of War 3 and Endless Space 2. And also an interview with uh, people from uh, the Creative Assembly. Uh, there's more, there's the face-off, there's mailbag and art section, there's previews, reviews, retro reviews, reader reviews, and of course, I wouldn't go as far as to say this is the main uh, point of interest, but <laughs> maybe it is. It's Radio Sega's Spotlight, so Obviously, if you if you if you've been listening to the Sega Lounge, you know by now that Radio Sega has collaborated with Megavisions or will be doing that uh, in the next few issues issues as well. And on this first issue of Megavisions, we'll have an interview with uh, Cody Wright, the main composer of uh, Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove, and also a bass player extraordinaire. Uh, it's been fun to record this, and if you want to find uh, uh, a bit more about uh, Cody Wright and his music for Toad Jam and Earl Back in the Groove, uh, we urge you to go and subscribe to the Megavisions magazine, because you'll get uh, an exclusive preview of the full interview that'll air uh, in a couple of weeks on Radio Sega. So on the 1st of December, actually, so I believe weeks from now, two weeks after the magazine is released, but if you want to know more and have a, a sneak preview of this, this the main interview, the whole interview, you should go and subscribe to the Megavisions magazine, that will happen on each issue, we'll have an exclusive preview for the readers and then the full interview will air on Radio Sega a few weeks later. So, Megavisions magazine, issue number one, coming out this uh, November 15th so next uh, Tuesday this Tuesday if you want next week and look out for for that and it's going to be amazing so that's the news for you uh, we'll keep going we'll have a quick music break right now and we're going to start with uh, a scenic track as requested by the the Elysian Shadows team we'll start with Sonic Adventure 2's Live and Learn uh, we'll be right back with the Legion Shadows team. We'll be talking about their past with video games, their work on the game, and we'll also have an interesting Sega List uh, edition of the Sega Launch Challenge. But that's coming after this music break Sonic Adventure 2 Live and Learn right now on the Sega Lounge, right here on Radio Sega.
is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Uh, we're here with this week's guests, and it's a pleasure to welcome back the Elysian Shadows team. Hello. Hey. hey. What's up? We're so, all here. Yeah. So this is a, a different team this time, but we know Falco since last time. Welcome back, Falco. How's Thanks. it going? Was Patrick on here last time? I don't think so. Uh, I remember. Maybe I missed it. Team, but... Yeah, he was supposed to, but I don't think he he managed to to yeah, get online like at time in time for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So since we, we we want to talk about yourselves and and the the, the game, uh, would you like to start by introducing yourselves? So a little bit like a who who wants yeah, to sure. go first? I'll I'll start. Um, I'm Falco Gerges. I'm the uh, engine and toolkit programmer. Well, I guess I'm gameplay too now. Just the, the programmer, that's me. The programmer. <laughs> um, I'm Patrick Kovalik, and as Falco is the programmer, I'm the artist. So hopefully uh, lots of level design and level making will be soon off my head and overtaken by... Hi, I'm Brandon. Oh, that was lead up. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a good segue. Nice yeah. work. Jeez. Yeah, I'm probably. Brandon Likes. I am the social media and PR guy for Elysian Shadows as well as I am helping out with level design, like Patrick said. And finally, I'm Jeremy Likes. Uh, I do share the same last name as the guy before me, and as you could probably mm -hmm. guess, we're brothers. Um, I am the new musician. I am the musician, in fact. Uh, for the team, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, he does so sound I'm effects, too. Yes, yes. I guess you could call me the sound engineer, although I don't Yeah, yeah, that what sounds I... cooler, man. Engineer sounds way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you've got a degree. fucking level engineer over there. We're going and to make I'd like to be called engineer. I'm the social media engineer. Guys. Yeah, dude, that sounds way so, cooler. So we have a programming engineer, a PR engineer, an art engineer, and a sound engineer. Oh, yeah. Right? It's a team yeah, of engineers. Yeah. Oh, really. That's so, right. We found, like, PR engineer sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh i'm afraid now uh anyway so so you guys are d uh, so we have d programmer d uh musician and we have d elysian shadows team uh with us on the sega launch <laughs> this week so we're going to be talking right. about about uh, the game Before we, we get into the game, uh, we know a bit about Falco's history with, with Sega and video games already, but would you guys like to tell us how you got into video games um, and how you, you got into video game designing, uh, per se, as well? Sure. Um, I, I can go ahead and go first. Um, since I'm the youngest of the team, no, I actually... Mission, just take it. Yeah. Um, just go for it. Uh, video games in general, I was actually introduced by uh, the musician, my older brother Jeremy. He, uh, he introduced me to video games and started me off with, uh, you know, emulating CSNES, like, uh, SNES games on the computer and got me my first Game Boy and then moved on to the Sega Dreamcast, which we played, uh, was it Power Stone 2? 
Definitely. A lot of Power Stone too. Um, and uh, as far as game design, uh, two years ago I uh, went to this just uh, like boot camp type thing, uh, just kind of drinking from the fire hose situation where you go in and learn as much as you can in three months, and then you kicked out and try and find your way in the world and it's kind of where I've been since and then I got onto the ES team and now I'm here so that's great <laughs> awesome that sounded brutal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's real life for you yeah well uh, as for me uh, it started during like post-communist Poland where there was this um, uh, in, yeah, in Christianity there is this this like special event for a child, the first communion or whatever. Um, and in Poland the tradition is that you know family brings a lot of gifts uh, for that occasion. For me it was that my like literally entire family and extended family in post-communist Poland when everyone was poor as fuck, they all pulled resources together and they bought me a PC. And that was like my start with uh, with gaming. Jesus, Interesting. it was like it was this big deal. Shit just got real in here. I mean, I, 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 I like I like how how the story started with uh, post communist Poland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, like the, the fall the fall of regime was the same year when I was born. I'm not saying that it's because of me, but it was pretty much. Because of me, so. <laughs> uh, so... Patrick is Julian. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, wow. dude, that's that's impressive. I don't know how to follow that up. Um, so this is this is this is Jeremy speaking. Um, I'm the oldest member of the team, and I was actually around. Unlike these little these little uh, kittens that that are on my team, I was actually around for the eight bit and sixteen bit generations, and so I have really really fond memories of those. Systems. I was around. Well, I played it all. I don't know if I was around. For eight bit. <laughs> Ah, after the fact. L listen to these Johnny-come-latelys. But anyway, this is the only <laughs> solace I get for being the oldest guy on the team, so please let me have this. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a feeling you're not that old. Uh, you're probably as old as I am. But okay. Not that old, I guess. But, yeah, yeah I know. genuinely thought that you're like 20, 22. Yeah, I mean, I used to hang out with Moses, if that gives you any idea. But yeah. <laughs> Great guy. I wrote yeah, did some heavy lifting, I, I hear. Yeah, he did. Um, so to kind of get back on, on topic there, I, I, yeah, I just, I kind of grew up with those systems. I I was kind of a nerd at heart, right, as you could probably guess. And so I, while everybody was out playing soccer and throwing football, I was kind of, I did my wrestling and I, I thought that was enough in terms of sports. And then for the rest of my time, I would just play video games and it was just sort of a, I saw a lot of potential there. I saw movies kind of going in really cool directions and always thought, hey, you know, what if somebody took that same level of passion and attitude towards video games and really pushed the genre and pushed things and and tried to take it in new directions. And I've kind of been obsessed with that ever since that age. And it's it's really cool now that I'm an adult to kind of go off on my own and use the funds and whatnot that I'm able to raise at work and, and kind of go off and do all these cool side projects and get my hands dirty in that process. So that's where I'm coming from. Awesome stuff. Uh, and finally, Falco, we, we know a bit about you already, but feel free to remind everyone. <laughs> well, I... Uh... I got into this when I was like, I think 13. Um, I first started out making websites dedicated to video games and I was learning, you know, HTML, uh, JavaScript. I was too old for, or too fuck. Yeah. I'm too old for PHP to have been a thing. So it was Perl back then. 
And then I realized, Jesus, I'm wasting all this time like learning to program to make sites for other people's games. Like, why don't I just get into game development? So I, I started looking up C and C++, and shortly after that time, I got my first Dreamcast from... Uh, it was a friend of my uh, grandpa who said that if I mowed the lawn, he would give me a Dreamcast. And this was right after it was commercially discontinued, um, right after the PS2... Uh, GameCube and Xbox all launched and Dreamcast was officially discontinued. So I figured like, oh, it must be a piece of junk. You know, I never really played it. But so I'm, I mowed the lawn because I was a collector and I wanted it anyway. It was a free console. And then when I got it, I was just, I was really blown away because I have a bunch of uh, games for the PlayStation 2 that were also on Dreamcast. And I saw the graphics were better on Dreamcast. I played Sonic Adventure um, I was blown away by the VMU, the online support. It, it just seemed so much ahead of the time and so underrated in comparison to these other consoles that supposedly put it under. It was just ridiculous. And then I remember, I don't remember how, but I stumbled upon the Dreamcast homebrew scene. Uh, I think I was trying to burn Dream SNES. It was a Super Nintendo emulator for Dreamcast. And that blew my fucking mind that there were people <laughs> out there who were making homebrew software for a console you have to remember like you think you're old i'm kind of old too like back then that was before there was an app store there weren't smartphones yeah there wasn't like xbox live arcade or any any way for an indie developer to develop a console game that was unheard of and the dreamcast really opened that up to indie developers you know so it it blew my fucking mind and that that's what got me into game development was realizing that I could play uh, unofficial Dreamcast software without a mod chip. <laughs> awesome. Jesus Christ, when you say, like, before App Store and you're old, I'm like, that makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? I, I, I'm like, sure there, there are some people listening to, to us. I'm sure there are some people listening to us and saying, what? Before there was an, an App Store? How did people oh, get definitely. games on their smartphones? We didn't have dude, smartphones. My childhood, dude, my childhood was without, uh, not even smartphones. We, we didn't even have phones, smartphones. mobile phones, so yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. you went out and you played football, and when your mother wanted to find you out, well, she had to go out and look for you, and you would get your ass whooped because you weren't in time for a dinner. Back in the, yeah, back in the day when we ha all had to use smart telegrams, you know? <laughs> yeah. it, was just, it, it was a rough era. Homing pigeons. That, that was for the for the fancy folk. And all of this, uh, you know, post socialist Poland. Um, all of us, all of us. <laughs> so yeah. Yes, uh, little known story. Everyone from here is secretly from Poland. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so that that's your background. Um, so my first question regarding the game is, what is Elysian Shadows? Um, <coughs> probably the hardest Elysian one? Shadows is. Uh, oh, who wants to do it? Who wants to do it? Who wants to do the sales? Falco, pitch? you. Uh, you you're, you're great with this. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I was about to say the the most precise way I can describe it is it's a reinvention of the classic 2D um, top-down RPGs that were uh, prevalent in the 16-bit era. 
it's it's us trying to reimagine it and reinvent it with modern graphics, uh, dynamic lighting, rigid body physics engine, uh, more detailed story, better audio, uh, three-dimensional camera, and a bunch of special effects that weren't possible back then. It's us really trying to push the envelope of what's possible with with like pixel art, with a 2D game and things like that. Awesome. Yeah, I would say like going with the modern technology, not necessarily modern graphics, because uh, truth to be told, like pixel art at its core is very old concept, like it goes back to 8-bit consoles, but the all, all the technology surrounding it, the normal mapping, the dynamic lighting, dynam uh, dynamic the, shadows. Uh, graphical technology. Yeah, yeah, graf graphical technology. Because you said modern graphics and I instantly imagine like, you know, 3D uh, stuff. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should have said modern graphical effects. Yeah. It's old school style textures with modern uh, dynamic lighting and mm -hmm. uh, shader effects. But I mean, yeah. beyond beyond the technical piece, though, it, it really has a, a really deep and sort of meaningful and timely storyline, I will kind of remind everybody. So for those of you listening that are, are looking for more of the game side of things, you know, we are certainly going to deliver on that level, too. So cool stuff yeah, so I, I guess we, i guess we often forget to mention the storyline and stuff well, like it's, that. it's mm -hmm. really hard for us yeah. because the way the story is it's it's a very hard thing to talk about without giving too much away and ruining right. what is es like right. that's, yeah. we'll, we'll get into really that hard. we'll get into that in there a is bit. a lot of environmental storytelling like the story and the world and the environments are in, like interwined very closely so it's hard to talk about without spoiling and yeah. it's it's kind of like in the old days you know uh you didn't have cutscenes and whatnot or 3d cutscenes cgi and uh, the environment and the the gameplay itself told the story so yeah that's what you're exactly. doing when you, that's what you need to do when you're doing an, a 2d rpg um, well, actually, we are. We do have like a dynamic camera. We have animations. We're showing like heads bobbing, mouths moving, and we do actually have scripted cutscenes, but they're all in game. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of it's kind of like the old traditional style of storytelling, but it's it's very modernized in that. Modern regard mechanics. Well, so it's yeah. it's something very different, I think, from what I've ever seen done mm -hmm. with a two D game. So back when you you came on on the Sega Lounge a couple of years ago, you were doing a, a Kickstarter project, which was successfully yeah, was that funded. Before we were funded, uh, I think you came on the show before uh, you were funded. I can I can oh. check, but uh, but I think so. You came on the show episode six, July twenty fourteen. So... I think that was right before we were funded. Yeah, that yeah. was right before. Dang. So tenth uh, July tenth. Yeah, yeah, that was just before August twenty third. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Okay, so you you weren't <laughs> funded yet. Uh, you you had you had a, a vision for the game. Uh, what changed ever since the the project got um, got funded? Did anything change uh, <laughs> in regards not not to the team and everything, but to, uh, your your own vision to the game? Uh, did it change? Um, did you have to adjust stuff throughout uh, the development process? What happened? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I don't believe that very much has changed from the original vision with regard to the the game itself. A lot of things have been 
I'm trying to think. Totemulos? Um, but not really as far as like core gameplay or like design things has anything fundamentally changed, right, Patrick? Yep. Well, yeah, actually, I guess you could call the animations, the skeletal animations. Uh, that was already on the Kickstarter. Like, I think the game as it stands, both the uh, the technologies that we're using and the like the the story and stuff like that hasn't changed. The game is right. what it is. This was right uh, before the Kickstarter, though. I think this is back when we were playing with skeletal animations and things like that. Yeah, yeah but mean, the, the, then again, we already were like we're pretty sure we're gonna use this at least right. like on PC versions or something. So we would have we would have used them anyway. Um, what changed was all the back scenes with the team and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's really the most volatile part. But I, I would say a lot of things have evolved. Like, we didn't know we were going to be using bloom lighting. We didn't know that we would be using skeletal animations to this extent. And I, I would say that's in a very positive way. There have also oh, yeah. been some storyline modifications that I think have been way for the better because part of the storyline was written with... Uh, old teammates and with the new guys um we did a, a bit of a an overhaul on certain parts you know that we didn't all necessarily like as much as the remaining team and i think that's been very positive especially with regards to the uh the job system is one thing that we really fleshed out as the new team and i'm very happy with how that and the core gameplay is evolving I don't think the old guys were nearly as evol uh, involved in that kind of stuff or the design document uh aspect of uh development they were more into just doing their own little tasks and then just you know letting me or someone else handle that kind of stuff yeah i'd, I'd say that yeah i'd say that we we put in a lot of details like we fleshed out a lot of the parts of the game but uh, we didn't you know throw away vast pieces of game like we didn't say oh we need to like cut two biomes from the game as you usually have with kickstarter projects because like that that that's that's the thing like a lot of the Kickstarter projects or any projects that are quite public for the matter when they have some backstage problems they often are forced to change the game the scope of the game right mm -hmm. and uh, what I was what I'm like very happy and very proud of is that we even though like a lot of shit happened the game is still going to be delivered as we promised. Yeah, and that that's something you face, you know. Do you want to get out of the press backlash of having a late Kickstarter by, you know, sacrificing some of the creative vision, or do you keep your head down and just, you know, keep working and work your way through it while still, you know, remaining true to the vision that you set out to fulfill? And that's that's one thing that we definitely have done. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I was going to ask you just that because. Uh, uh, we see lo lots of backlash these days um, for Kickstarter projects that, that fail to deliver on time or that just uh, fail to deliver at all. <laughs> and um, yep. but but yep. It, I, those I I understand those that fail to deliver on time and when people get an update telling, sorry guys, we can't um, you know deliver when when we said we would. People still get mad because they feel like they paid for the game already, uh, and so I think it's it's difficult um, it's difficult to to manage that situation uh, from a developing point of view, right? Oh, uh, absolutely. Because at the did, end did you guys day, get lot, lots of hate mail or something <laughs> from uh, fans? It depends. It's very volatile with us. We uh, 
before this last chapter of adventures in game development throughout the year, yeah, we would get, we would get, you know, here and there a lot of hate or not that much here and there, but last year we were getting a lot when we first slipped the deadline. But after Adventures in Game Development 33, it's actually been pretty universally supportive of us. It's been mm -hmm. really nice. Yeah, I'd say we're like we're very uh, lucky to have such a close relationship with our fan base. We we have live chats when we have like our most dedicated fans on that they want to like interact with us on a daily basis. We have forums and on every single step, the people that mattered, like the one who. Uh, supported us since, you know, since even before I was on the team, since like, you know, five, seven year long, uh, year long fans, um, they were very supportive and very, um, I, like, I lack words to describe it. And the funny thing is that with, with all the delays and stuff and why, uh, especially me, I, like, I will talk about myself that I, I kept quiet was that I felt really bad by letting those people down. Mm -hmm. Even though they were like so generous and supportive, and that was the thing that most ate at me from the inside. And the chapter thirty-five was really cathartic, cathartic, right? Like it was thirty-four, four, shit, thirty-three. Right. Sorry. Doesn't even know. <laughs> it's in the future. Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, 33. Yeah, the chapter 33 was a giant catharsis when you know we came back to being vocal and producing content for fans again mm -hmm. little known facts patrick is actually a polish time traveler just to, just so you know <laughs> still from post-socialist uh, poland no. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> that's the important part part but uh <laughs> so so yeah th th you you actually um mentioned something important both, both falco and patrick both of you did um so th the problem was you weren't uh you know as talkative as before as you, you weren't talking to the defense and so you needed to have an update so people could you know understand your situation and uh... absolutely the the problem was that it was just patrick and i mm -hmm. and there was virtually no way that we could finish this project in a decent amount of time given our limited resources and then we were getting all the backlash from being late so we were overworked exhausted overwhelmed we were depressed for letting people down and letting that slip you know so we were just in a really shitty position for the majority of the year until uh brandon and jeremy uh you know threw their hats and helped us out and we've kind of crawled back up from that and we're standing tall again but yeah it was it was a pretty rough year for us mm -hmm. yeah i can imagine that by the way uh brandon and jeremy you you weren't part of the the team uh two years ago when when the, the team came on the show, um, how did you come across come across the, the Elysian Shadows project? Why did you join what? these two crazy persons? These, these, <laughs> oh, persons! Oh, you decided to stay PG. I like that. Oh, Jeremy has the good fucking story here. <laughs> I know, I do. Don't I? I don't know how how in detail should we go here? No, so. <laughs> Make a long story short, about what back in two thousand eight, I think I stumbled upon one of Falco's videos about C plus plus, and uh, he was just really sarcastic but honest about how you have to go about learning something like that. You know, it, you got to buy a book, you got to actually spend time and effort make you know learning the stuff, right? And so ever since that that first video I saw of his, I just kind of got interested, and I got I don't know three four years went by, um, and then I kind of stumbled on a on that channel again, I noticed the name had changed to Elysian Shadows, and I'm like, okay, well, what the hell is this? 
and I check it out and then he's up in his attic, like with all of his best buds kind of dabbing and doing all the cool nerdy stuff. I'm like, Oh damn, this is actually pretty interesting, man. Like, look at these guys go. And like, they got all these followers and apparently it's really interesting. And I kind of got hooked on it uh, a lot, uh, probably in, in a lot of the same ways that everybody else got hooked on it. Right. But what got me on the team, interestingly, is I probably, um, was getting a sense like a lot of other people were at that time. Um, and that was, uh, uh, Brandon, are you sending Skypes right now? No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's picking up on my microphone just so you know, let me, let me, we can, we can off. hear you Skyping. That. Yeah. Let's, let's turn that Jeez. off. <laughs> yeah, stop flirting. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Patrick. Like, I know you get a lot of fun girls, but can you like keep it down a bit, at least when we're introducing, uh, uh, interview, uh, <laughs> having an interview? <laughs> so, so anyway, no, I, I actually was, I don't know, I want to say it was like June of this year. I, I saw Falco go off on these little, what I like to think of at that time, at least as tangents. He was like doing stuff with uh, the VMU and making all these really he cool. He doesn't like EVMU. <laughs> that's not the case but but what happened was i was like you know jesus this guy he seems to be losing his way i know patrick went back to poland he's probably all by himself in that in that trailer that he that he bought specifically for the whole development that trailer. is actually a true story that's yeah that was pretty much true yeah and i, I just kind of got the sense like oh man you know he must be going through some hard times like right now and instead of handling it like a like a, a decent human being <laughs> decent human being my first act was to jump on his case about it and i i feel bad about it now but i'd like to think i was pretty i was still pretty professional about it yeah um, yeah and i didn't i really wasn't trying to insult anybody and i made that clear in the in the correspondences going back and forth i was like look man i feel like you're kind of losing your way we need to you know you need to focus on making a game that's what we paid for and that's what people and that's why you're getting kind of the backlash you're getting right now <laughs> right and and so you know and then he kind of let me in i didn't know what was going on i i just could see it from an outsider's perspective and then he kind of just let me know that no that wasn't the case and he kind of just kind of you know gave me enough information to realize okay well maybe that was a little bit of a hasty judgment and so um uh, we kind of just like you know we kind of threw some blows at each other and picked each other up out of the dirt after after the fight was over and just kind of said, hey, man, you're a decent guy. Let's stay in touch and, and all that kind of stuff. And I he just kind of let out. He's like, so, you know, yeah, just stay in touch. Here's my email address. If you guys are working on something ever in the future, give me a holler and I'll promote you guys. And I was like, oh, that's an awful nice offer. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, I happen to make uh, music for one of the other projects I'm working on. He's like, oh, really? Yeah, send me your stuff, man. And so I, I did. I ended up sending um, him a Dropbox link that I don't think he ever actually clicked. And uh, <laughs> so I, I just I was like, OK, how do I get this guy's attention? So I'm like, OK, if I'm Falco, I would probably pay attention to something like I made a song for your game. How's that sound? You know, and and, and so that's kind of what I did. I so you, you got inside his mind, basically. I got inside the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I made this song for Lauren, and, and it's really kind of funny because this Lauren song, you don't know this, but I have been struggling like hell ever since uh, I made this song because I originally made this song for the dark, sort of depressing Lauren that we've all seen in the AIGDs, right? And so it was very dark and very epic and that kind of thing, and it really fit that image pretty well. And 
and uh, Falco was like, yeah, man, that's just what I'm looking for. That's the vibe we're shooting for with the Lucian Shadows. Dark, epic, you know, but uh, a little bit of excitement and adventure kind of mixed in there. And so I was like, oh, great, awesome. Well, sweet, well, let me know what Patrick thinks. And and uh, Patrick's a really hard person to please, uh, for those of you who don't know. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, very... He's very picky, and and that's a good thing. When you when you're in the position that Patrick's in uh, and Falco's in, you got to be picky, man. Yeah. You, you want the best. You want the absolute best you can you can have for your team, and I get that. And so getting feedback from him was kind of tough. <laughs> His feedback about the song was something along the lines of, "Oh yeah, that'd be a great song for the Lauren Dungeon." <laughs> I'm so- <laughs> I'm so sorry. way of saying it's absolute shit, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. It wasn't. It's just like, like, no. (laughs) Like, what I thought is that if it was like a Lauren Dungeon, yeah, that's a great thing. Like, it was generally nice. It's just not for the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a communication problem. Great song. Great song doesn't fit at all. Yeah, great song. Too bad it sucks. Yeah. And in reality, that's kind of how I took that, though. I was like, I was like, well, okay, he doesn't really think it's a good fit for Lauren, but he did say it would be good for, for the Lauren dungeon. So I had sort of a Dumb and Dumber moment. So you're saying there's a chance, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so I kind of, I, w- I was like, well, I'm not really sure why he thinks that doesn't fit. And I'll tell you why I get it now is because he redid Lauren. I had no idea. He had redone Lauren and made it into this lush green paradise. Right? It looks like something out of Ireland. And, I, and this song does not fit. I can see why he said it would go in the dungeon now. And uh, and so uh, Falco really liked the song. He was bullish about me, and he you know he tr- did what he could to get me on the team. But as a final sort of test, he had me go off and write the theme for Lauren. And that's and that's when I was uh, able to write a song that everybody was kind of universally happy with. And and uh, that's when they went ahead and pushed to have me on the team. So. It's a really long story made long. Sorry and then, the yeah. only teammate to ever get on the team after bitching me out as our introduction. <laughs> I even told Lauren, I'm like, hey, Lauren, remember that guy I told you who was emailing me and like bitching me out? I'm like, I think I'm going to let him on the team. He's pretty cool. She's like, oh, Jesus. So uh, secretly, uh, by the way, uh, what, what we're here for is um, – I, I want to know where my game is because I you know I backed the, the Kickstarter so um, that's the first thing and the second thing is can I join the team as well? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty Sanitary much how it was. <laughs> you know, yeah. This this interview is just a, a, you know a carefully uh, thought out plan to to get on the team. Uh, seriously, no. And so, Jeremy, I, I I assume you just then brought along your your brother and said, I, "I'll only join the team if I can bring along my brother." No, no, it wasn't <laughs> like that at all. Actually, yeah, actually, no. And 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 so like. So Brand, my brother Brandon, he's been really working hard, right? Like I, I, I don't give him any special treatment just because he's my brother. In fact, I think Patrick and Falco will probably attest to the fact that I'm probably harder on him than anybody. Like, yeah, there were a couple times I was like, damn. And, and like, you know, I just want him to be awesome, right? And he's been working so hard, going to class when he doesn't have to, and and, and calling me up and doing these little C sharp sessions and learning what he can about the projects we were working on. He's really been busting his ass, and I. I figured, you know, let's 
right now there's an opening on ES. They need a gameplay engineer, and they need they have some other holes that need to be filled. And I think Brandon would be a good fit for that, honestly and 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 sort of candidly. And I and I reached out to Brandon and said, Hey, what do you think about being getting on for PR? You know, kind of freeing up Falco to go off and be awesome instead of doing PR updates and things like that. And and that's how we sort of got him started. And then. He just, you know, and I'll let Brandon kind of tell you the rest, but, um, you know, he just kind of jumped in with the Lewis scripting and he's, he's doing what he can now to, to go ahead and fill the gaps for the gameplay as well. So Awesome. Yeah, um, pretty much going along with Jeremy, what Jeremy said. He pretty much said it all, actually. But, um, <laughs> Sorry um, about that, uh, no, no, no problem. Um, but, yeah, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I got a call from Jeremy. It, um, there was some, like, you know, behind-the-scenes type thing going on where they said they, like, they needed a someone to fill the social media slash PR stuff, get AIGDs out, and Jeremy got called me up, and I was at my girlfriend's house at the time. He's like, "Hey, would you be interested in doing this?" And I was like, "Totally, <laughs> um, I'll be a hundred percent interested in that because I like <clears throat> Jeremy had shown me adventures in game development and Elysian Shadows and stuff, and I was a fan as well. So, like hearing like I can be a part of this team, it was like hell yeah, I will completely do that. And yeah, I just um. I kind of worked on, you know, making an introduction for adventures in game development and showing that off and trying to show off my skill as much as possible. And, you know, kind of having the same little trial as Jeremy of, you know, showing off what I can do and is this enough and is this good enough and stuff like that. And so <clears throat> I just like, uh, I think like somewhere in our uh, dev chat on Skype, we just, we uh, started um, talking about like, well, I need some level design. When are you willing to take that on? I was like, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely try and take that on. And I've just kind of been doing that ever since. So Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, so we will, we'll take a quick break now. We've been talking for a while. We'll play some music, some Sega music. We'll play some of your requests. We'll start with uh, Open Your Heart from Sonic Adventure. And then we'll... Go with oh, something yeah. completely different. <laughs> the Somebody Amigo version of Take On Me. Because why oh, not? Oh, yeah. Because ah, why not? Yeah. Completely Star different. Is <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And when we come back, we'll have more with the Elysian Shadows team right here on the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega.
Sega Music 24-7.
Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. We're here with the Elysian Shadows team. Welcome back, guys. And Hello. So, yeah, we, we had we had some some amazing take on me. Um, take on me, Scanis. Is that even a word? It is now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we've been talking about the the developing process uh, of Elysian Shadows. So we we talked about this last time, and, and some of our listeners probably know know this, but. Uh, um, you know the world of Elysian Shadows. You have you have a protagonist called Julian, right? Right. There's this main town called Lauren, right? Yes. Well, yes. it's a starting town. It's a star the starting town. Yeah. I, I'm trying I to. I would argue that Polytechnica is more mine. I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, talk about stuff that we can uh, actually talk about without spoiling the, right. the story. Uh, I, I so, thought that yeah. we could. See, see, here, here's, here's the here's the biggest problem, because like when the when um, uh, when Jeremy mentioned before the the Lauren remake, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard to remember and to know, like when you work on a game from the inside, what's actually talkable. Like in my mind, yeah. I can talk about everything, right? Like, oh obviously dear God, yeah. shut him up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, uh, like obviously, I'm not gonna talk. Like, I'm not gonna talk about. Stop muting me. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not gonna talk about like end game and shit. But I thought, like, yeah, that's like the second time we probably can talk about it, right? <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't know anymore. I don't know anything. So, so without me. without spoiling anything or, or too much, uh, what's <laughs> what's up with Julian? Why is he going on a, a quest? Because you know it's an RPG. <laughs> it's pretty basic that he's going on a quest. The uh, the one character that has the least incentive in the beginning of the game. <laughs> it's it's funny because in the beginning of the game, Julian is actually more dragged along. It's not really something that he wants to pursue or has motivation to pursue. It's actually the female protagonist, Aaron, who pushes him and uh, is uh, progressing the story at the beginning of the game. Uh, the game opens up with Julian more or less rolling out of bed, Chrono Trigger style. And the main protagonist, Aaron, um, kind of like his partner in crime, she's, the, she's a uh, nerdy kind of more Laura Crofty style character. Um, her dad runs the museum, and both Julian and Aaron work for him, and they both excavate the local uh, ruins and nearby ruin, ruin uh, channels and stuff to find different artifacts for her dad. And she's waking him up because they're trying to look for some artifacts before what's called the Diggers Convention is uh, moving to the region, because that's where the, the museum will have a booth and will be selling different artifacts and things like that. So she's the one who is actually very uh, emotionally connected to exploring and uncovering the secrets of these ruins as a, as a scholar and more of an adventurer type. Julian, um, he's more of a bum at the beginning of the game. He uh, <laughs> wake up in kind of a shithole apartment 
with like you know pay the bills, it's man. Mess. <laughs> and she's kind of trying to help him out like uh you might want to so you don't get kicked out you know yeah like the, the way i the, the way i imagine it because you know the fact of the world is is that throughout the land there are you know those ancient ruins that they host like some magical or technological wonders but they're very hard to get to they're very dangerous places so people usually avoid them except those few crazy motherfuckers who go in there purposefully and venture forth to to retrieve them like it's very lucrative right. but very so dangerous it's usually right? either the the diggers who scavenge for the uh the relics and artifacts or the scholars who are there to study it yeah Those are the, really the people who don't shy away from them because they're mm-hmm. dangerous as shit yeah, but like usually you have this sort of party that sets up. Like if you think about archaeological exp- expedition, it's very much like it, right? Um, you get like the scholarly types who go there that with their notepads and shit that they want to research stuff. And then you also have diggers like Julian who just go there to protect people from the physical dangers and get some shit for themselves and pay the bills so initially the dynamic is very much as falco mentioned that um that Aaron wants to go and to be the one who and who discovers the truth of the world whereas julian is like bitch i just want to pay my bills (laughs) (laughs) we all do we we all need to so yeah We, we we can all relate to that uh, <laughs> his backstory and motivation become a lot more clear and he has a much stronger drive but this is initially in the game mm-hmm. he's not very driven to even be doing this yeah, yeah. He's, he's a reluctant a reluctant hero exactly right exactly right. yeah like everyone has their own low point in life and like uh, i think like and, julian, uh, yeah, julian, julian, julian like it's like he had a failed kickstarter or something he's a he's kind <laughs> of like, he's <laughs> shit when the game Oh, right. So, so yeah, um, and so you, you, this is an RPG, um, obviously, and uh, just going on switching a little bit uh, to a different direction um, the music is obviously a big part of any video game these days um, and um, so Jeremy uh, what were the biggest challenges when while working for or working on music for Elysian Shadows um, I would say the chiptunes uh, chiptunes chip don't lend themselves especially if you're not of that era and you don't really like there's two camps right there's two kinds of people in this world there's people who get chiptunes and there's people who don't get chiptunes <laughs> chiptunes are awesome <laughs> and my wife is one of those people that uh, it took some education. Uh, I feel like I'm Obama. Really? Yeah, she's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, she's like, what? That, that's, we that's my wife as well. Yeah, that's my wife as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a weird conversation you have to have. And I still have a hard time um, sort of bringing her in on why something like this is intriguing to people. That's but not music. It is. It is music. No. What was that, Casey? I I said my wife she, uh, says that that's not music and I tell her, tell her yeah that what? that is music that is amazing music 
but she doesn't get it. <laughs> She's not a gamer, by the way. So that's that's a big uh, that's part of the, the issue. But uh, uh, well, why did it. you marry her? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We all we all make mistakes in life. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> I'm going to need to back out of this chat or Lauren's going to castrate me. My fiance's <laughs> name is Lauren. She gets <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Um, Good thing but, this, uh, this isn't being recorded or anything or this is – or, 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 good thing this isn't won't be broadcast on 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 a radio or something like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just the. This is just a private now. conversation. Good thing. Yeah, yeah. With um, but no one else listening. Yeah, and I'd say yeah, I'd say chip tunes was the hardest part. I've never really done chip tunes. I certainly listened to them. Uh, I know about uh, one of the previous musicians that was on the ES team. I, I kind of listened to how he used to do it because I have a fascination in music, and I kind of just. Um, I kind of just kind of found my own style with it, right? I'm trying to make it work with uh, real instruments, real sort of new, uh, the cutting edge in electronic instruments, but try to weave the chiptunes in in such a way that um, they they still sound good and give the retro people what they're looking for, but also, you know, give people who aren't into chiptunes something cool to listen to as well. So it's that, it's that precise balance that's really hard to find sometimes. And I'm still struggling with it, you know. I'll send out three or four different revisions of a song until I get it right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and anything anything great in this world is really worth working hard at. And, and that's just something that's going to be hard fought, but it's going to be awesome when it's finished. So, Yeah. Mm. It... <laughs> takes a lot of work to do something right so that makes sense right um oh did you guys keep any of the previous music you had or did it go uh, with the musician I, I went with the musician so yeah. i went into the um assets folder and i cleaned house and that's not that's not a like to be spiteful kind of thing it's just a legal issue mm-hmm. you know we don't want Don't we don't want his request like he he basically said that he's taking all his music with with him and we cannot use his I remember some of the music we we actually played it on the show last time um was i think a, a, a big part of the the soundtrack was you know going with a like a spooky theme like a survival right. horror kind of theme yeah. are you going with right. that as well or is no, it completely really. different right now no, you know, I, I kind of take a John Williams approach to music, and um, that's something that Falco and I talk about quite often, actually, is, is sort of, you know, who are my idols and who do, who do we follow and, and that kind of thing. And John Williams, of course, he's, he's, he's a legend. He's a living legend. He does Jaws. He did Indiana Jones. He's done Star Wars. He's done just about any movie you can think of. Any memorable theme in the last 20 years has been John Williams' work, right? And so he, he does music to fit the scene. It's the right tool for the job. And that's how I approach music. It's um, I, just because I have a fascination in survival horror doesn't mean all of my music should have the survival horror like aspect to it, right? That's very selfish of me as an artist to expect people to come along that journey with me. So I, I kind of take the attitude that Look, I'm going to create music that's right for the scene um, and that gives the listener what they're looking for in that particular scene. And, you know, uh, Brandon in particular, my brother, I talked about being hard on him. Well, he's broken my heart like three times now. I feel like it's it's high. I feel like it's high school prom and I can't find a date. You know, (laughs) he's like, you know, no, this is too epic. No, this is just not quite right. And and I and I really take what the team has to say to heart. I really seriously, bro. I thought you got my back. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) you of all people. (laughs) 
I will say one thing about the the darkness of the uh, of the the scores. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the right fucking word. I don't think a programmer should say score. It sounds cool though. <laughs> but that, there's this cool uh, I don't know what the word is paradox in ES where the world of ES is like generally beautiful, lush, you know, different biomes and stuff. But then the ruins are more dark, mysterious, yeah. and creepy. So that that's more where you'll see more of the the mm-hmm. darkness come out in ES, and yeah. very much the storyline winds up being pretty dark in the end, you know. So yeah. there is like a I'm trying to think of how to put it. Like it's not survival horror, but there is definitely like a a sense of darkness to mm-hmm. some of the songs, especially Absolutely. ones that are underground. Absolutely. Yeah, like the, the thing, the thing that I'm really excited about is how we structure the entire progression of the game throughout the world, and how players can, like, maybe even without noticing it, they can start under, they can start to understand how the ruins are affecting the world around us. Because you know, in in Lauren, for example, the first dungeon it doesn't really affect all that much the town itself, mm-hmm. at least you know at first glance. And that's definitely that's like something that I cannot wait how Jeremy is going to interpret that in music. Like that's going to be so cool. Um, it's just well, one of my favorite moments was uh, the other day. Jeremy was working on the dungeon tracks, and he's like, "Guys, I don't know about this. Like, I'm I'm experimenting with hip hop and ship tunes, and I'm thinking, what in the fuck, dude? This is not gonna work." He sends it, and I'm listening. I'm like, "This is badass. I have never heard." anything remotely close to this being done with ship tunes like <laughs> i i just want to see like people's expressions when they hear some of these tracks it's like whoa what the fuck you, you need you need like some that, lyrics that though moment of, what am i listening to this is cool. i know I you, know, need, you well, need some lyrics i really want yeah dude now i really want to have like a um a dj boss who's like throwing music the yeah. first robot, pink robot of Chrono Trigger. What the hell was his name? Oh gosh! Oh, oh no, Gato. 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 Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you you, you need lyrics though. You, you need lyrics. You need something like uh, "This is Julian, and we're at Pumpkin Hill" or something. Oh no, that's Knuckles. Yeah. I'm sorry. Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, no, but you you mentioned earlier. You you asked like how has the how has the game changed since the Kickstarter days? Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've talked about, and this is tangentially related to music, is we've talked about kind of bringing in. And I don't know if this is official yet. I don't know. You can cut it out if it's not supposed to be in here. But we're we're talking about ways that we can tie gameplay to the music. We're we're really talking about some really creative ways to kind of make music a part of the experience as well in terms of gameplay. And I'll let your imaginations wander as to what those, those different uh, imp- uh, yeah. implementations mm-hmm. might look like. But You know, I think uh, personally, obviously running a, a, you know, a video game music station, um, it should be, but it's, uh, the music is really a big part of the game for me, of the, the game, mm-hmm. the experience, the whole experience. So if you change the music, if you have a completely new soundtrack, uh, to me, it, it's a completely new game. So, uh, yeah, a, bit, a bit like Sonic CD, for example. They had two different soundtracks, one for the, the US and the other for Japan and Europe. And it's, right. you know, it's like a completely different game. So, yeah, were, you alive? were you alive during that time? Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm old. I'm old, yeah. Oh, actually, I played the re-release on PS3. 
<laughs> no, that doesn't count. His, his, Dude, that was a huge area of that was a huge area of contention. Like people were pissed that uh, they had changed the soundtrack in the in the American version of Sega CD. Because yeah, the Japanese version was just so much better. But I actually like both. I, I like both. I like both. We we actually had Spencer Nielsen who composed the the, the US yeah. soundtrack on on the show a few weeks back, yeah. and he's a great guy. And uh, actually, it's Ooh. it's been one of the best interviews we we had on the Sega Lounge. Um, oh, but but he he actually talked about the the power of a, a good soundtrack, and how people actually felt. Um, and and he 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 liked both reactions. He he got the the, the people that were pissed that they didn't get the, the Japanese uh, soundtrack, and he got the ones that uh, told him that. That was a, a life-changing experience and the best soundtrack ever. And he actually enjoyed both reactions. Uh, it's it's like a testament of uh, how music can change people's lives and can um, you know move people in different ways. So, well, a lot of people don't even know. I think he brought in some talent. Like TLC actually did some of the vocals for those some of those tracks. Uh, it's TLC. it's actually a, a group called Pastiche. It's Pastiche. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a, vo yeah. a vocal, like they're an acapella group, an acapella group, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah. Female, all female, acapella group. Yeah, and yeah, and actually he mentioned this in the interview. Some of the some some uh, little sound effects and in, uh, in the music in the soundtrack are actually uh, vocals by Pastiche. He worked on those, and right. they gave gave the music a, a different feel, like uh, underwater, um, the, the the underwater music title Tempest soundtrack yep, yep. had had I little bits track. and bobs of of pastiche in there, and, and it's amazing. Since we talked about the music, I think it's fair to talk about the art as well. So, Patrick, um, did anything change? Did your approach to the game's design changed? Uh, before the Kickstarter and after the Kickstarter? Nah, I don't think so. I, I think it's it's pretty. What pretty hard you redid Lauren? Yeah, what yeah you but that, that was already during. Lauren was, was redone already during the Kickstarter. I'm pretty sure because like no. when I when I no, made the first. Awesome. Jesus. See, like I, I, I have really shitty memory. No. Like yeah, he's he's drastically changed some things. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, I did change. I'm just like, because it's been so long that I've been working on the current one. So the thing the thing with the change of Lauren was that I made the first, like, the, the Lauren tileset was actually the very first pixel art I ever did in my life. Um, when I when I joined the team, I usually joined as a concept artist, and then I saw that the toolkit is pretty far, and we need some art assets for the game to actually test the toolkit so and there was no one who would actually do them so i i decided to learn pixel art and i made the first one and it took a while to get all the things in and when when i built like little example lore and people took a like fans took a look at it and they said well that looks like a concentration camp or like, oh my god! <laughs> they were like, yeah, yeah. Were like that—that that looks like some really hardcore depression house. Like, come on, man, what's what's with that? So I'm like, oh, uh, there yeah. we go back to post-socialist Poland. Yeah, and and here is the funny thing, and that's something that I only noticed like a year ago. When you, if you're gonna take a look at the games developed in Poland by Polish studios without any like Western influences, 
Mm-hmm. All of them have really fucking depressed color palette. They all <laughs> muted dark colors. Jesus. Like it's it's all fucking depressed. And you know, funny thing, if I look out if I look outside of my window, it's all fucking grey as well. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's something distinctly Polish or like Slavic. Um, it's it's cool. So, they take inspiration from the outside world. That's that's good. Yeah, but but yeah. it looks like it's but but you know, I'm, uh, in in that regard, I'm like I'm in Jeremy. I I want to make art fit the concept. Not you know to express myself like mm-hmm. like I don't really think of myself as an artist I don't do art to express what's in my soul I do art to finish Elysia Shadows to make the project like the art is yeah. only one small part as a whole and that's the ultimate goal to deliver a game to your hands and to make it the best that we can do um, so you know I I, too, I I made the first one and I was like well fuck I gotta change that so there was essentially a lot of upping up the saturation and literally just putting <laughs> in more color into the color until I got that right. And then eventually like, I changed some colors here and there and we end up with the a lot more cheerfully looking Lauren than mm-hmm. what we had. Though it's still like the houses are still very weathered and you can like you can tell it's a town with a history. You can tell it's a town that's been some uh, been through some shit, but it no longer looks like people there commit suicide <laughs> on daily basis. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, everyone dies. So, <laughs> in the it's end. Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Julian kills everyone and then kills himself. Um, yeah, so I think the interview is over. We, and no need to, you know, put out the game anymore. Anyone, everyone knows about the story now, so yeah. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Now we just kill ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, now it's your turn. Uh, so yeah, but but it, it actually makes sense. So so you you and that that brings actually a, a good point. Um, do you guys get lot, lots of feedback from the, the fans? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And do we get does it does it influence yeah. your your work uh, a lot, or you know, you just say ah, <laughs> screw you, I have my own vision. <laughs> Falco's not allowed to answer this question. But, uh, <laughs> we all know Falco's answer. Falco's got his vision to do stuff, right? And and it's it's that vision that gave birth to this yeah. project, mm-hmm. right? And so it, and so there's a fair amount of give and take with the fans, but at some level, Falco's just got to draw the line and say, no, that's just not that's just not what we're trying to build here. You Obviously, know? yeah. Yeah. I think one of the like one of the most interesting internal conversations we had was about the perspective view, like perspe- the perspective versus oblique, and that was something like I was very against perspective, uh, using you know perspective view in 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 our game, and Falco was very for it, and you know that this was one of the topics that very divided the team, and it was or it was more like me against entire rest of the team but because <laughs> it was artistic choice and i was the artist so kind of my voice was louder on that topic but uh, so i didn't want to give in and the rest of the team was really pushing for it i'm like well guys i trust you like i i think you're uh, like maybe i'm in the wrong but let's ask the fans so that was one of the and and then that was like we we really asked people around and that was one of the Situation I distinctly remember, fan, like the voice of the fans really mattering on, like what we're gonna do, and you know that was, in the end, what convinced me to to trust the perspective. 
later it later it uh, turns out that I was right, but you know I'm not the one to rub it. That that's genius, actually. You know, you know I trust you guys and ask the fans. Yeah, let's go with that. And then when it all uh, you know turns out wrong, I told you you should have trusted yeah, I, me. I, uh, you know, no, it's be- like we're we still going to use it. It's just in yeah. a lot more like not like everywhere, just yeah. in very mm-hmm. limited. Spaces right. because like, well it it can it comes down to technicalities right and I don't know how how much in detail should I go about that probably not much yeah, I mean <laughs> it's, it's one of those things too like you have to take and I really don't mean this to sound condescending but I I think we're all on the same page with this anyways is that when you when you get feedback you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt too a lot of the people giving the feedback have never made a game before yeah um they they've only played one or. And they kind of got a sense for what would what would look nice or sound nice here and there. But in, in terms of the the more you know in depth stuff when it comes to making a game, it's it's really quite a bit more complex than I think people give it credit for. So um, always start when you, you know, when you're given advice, always start with a little bit of humility and recognizing how difficult the path is that that person you're about to give advice to has to walk. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah you but, but you know, tra- and you everyone. Your... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, you uh, you need to trust your own exp- expertise, but also be open to the idea of being wrong. Like mm-hmm. by the end, I I agreed. Like after all this debacle with perspective and shit, I agree with Falco and everyone else. Like it really does look good because my initial position was that it looks like shit. Now I agree that it looks good, but to be it fair, that's usually his initial position. It's very hard to change my mind, I agree. <laughs> but you know, the the thing with, with opinions is that everyone has one, and it's really impossible to please everyone. So when you're That's doing right. something like a video game or whatever it is, uh, and you have your own vision, you need to trust your own vision. Even if you, you, can, you can adapt some stuff to, you know, to, to please the fans, but at the end of the day, it's your own game. It's your vision that's going out there it's a product so you have have to have a a balanced perspective of of things and you know the fans the fans have to learn to trust um the artists basically oh yeah yep yeah and um the the other really cool uh moment with like fun interaction that i remember was back in the day when we were doing almost daily streams it was like you know just after the yeah it was either before or just after the Kickstarter, somewhere there, like, my memory is hazy, but we've been doing daily game dev streams, almost daily, and actually those people who participated in those streams, they really influenced the artistic direction, at least, like, the how things are looking in the game, because as I was drawing the concept art, it was, you know, I was just streaming, and it was like, hey, guys, you're gonna get spoiled for entire fucking game, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we did like a lot of the designing. And for example, the Amber's, uh, Amber's character, uh, one, of the, one of the main characters for the party, there was this moment when I was like, I had no fucking clue how to draw her. Like I, I knew her personality and her mechanical role, as in like her spells and shit. But I wasn't sure how I want to portray it in game. And then we had like this giant collaboration in chat when people were sending pictures of like, dude, you had like 20 nerds browsing pictures of the dresses. <laughs> <laughs> and we 
tried to like design very nice looking dress. It was marvelous because none of us <laughs> had any idea what the fuck we're doing, and it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, but that sounds about right. A uh, group of nerds browsing through dresses. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> normal. Indian, she looks very fancy. <laughs> I, I really like her. How she does that. Very classy. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> classy. Okay, so guys, um, it's I could I could keep talking to you guys all night. Uh, however, we we oh, we could too. We we, yeah. we do need to take a, another break because we have something for you guys uh, after the break, uh, which I'm going to talk about when we come back. But uh, let's let's play some more music. You guys requested some tracks. Let's go with uh, let's go with the Shenmue track, and then for uh, something that I know. You know, kind of relates to what we're going to do next. We'll have The Kink in the Wind and the Way, part one, from Fantasy Star Online. It's a bit of an ominous track, and I think it suits the mood for what's coming next. So uh, keep listening to us. We're, we're here with the Elysian Shadows team on Radio Sega. We'll be right back on the Sega Lounge. You're listening to the Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega.
so we're back, this is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega here with the Elise in Shadows team and we're back for something special, um, something sweet, probably not, but uh, you know, it's something we do every week on the Sega Lounge um, when we have guests and uh, it's called the Sega Lounge Challenge, guys. So, <laughs> uh, However, it wouldn't be the same without the intro and so for your amusement Jeremy's on my team <laughs> you're you're all on the same team I don't know if you're Probably the only guy who has a genesis <laughs> Damn, uh, maybe little... maybe that'll come in handy maybe maybe but you know uh, to get you in the mood we need to play the Sega Lounge Challenge intro and so mm-hmm. without further ado here it is now you know our guests they're amazing they're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Indeed. Uh, I'm wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of compliments thrown in there. I, I'm feeling a little on high from that. Yeah, so don't lose the challenge. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. That that's actually the, the the point of this. It is to get you terrified. That's why we we got James Earl Jones to record this for us. Not really. Um, so so this right. this time, last time you were here on the show, uh, and by you I mean just Falco, but we did an RPG challenge a sega rpg quiz this time i thought we'd go to we'd, we'd go towards the music side of things and so what we have what i have here is um little snippets of uh, sega and non-sega rpg music okay hmm. and so they're all numbered one to ten so i'm gonna uh, ask you to pick uh, a number from the non-sega column and a number from the Sega column and I'm going to play those two uh, bits of uh, a a music track from a a non-Sega game and a Sega game and you'll need to guess what which one is from a Sega game confusing much (laughs) so basically I'm going to play two sound clips two 10 second long clips of uh, video game music one of them will be from a non-sega game and one of them will be from a sega game you'll need to guess which one is the sega music i think we can do this i know what that fm ship sounds like falco's got this unlocked okay okay <laughs> he, he said fm chip he's assuming mega drive uh, or Genesis. He's, he's assuming. He's assuming. Let's see. Let's see what happens. So, um, pick, pick, pick a number from the the non-Sega column. Seven. Okay, and one from the Sega column. Two. Two. Okay. So, I'm gonna play them in in a specific order. Which one is it? I don't know. You'll okay. have to guess. Uh, which one of these is the Sega track? Okay, so let's go with one of them. And then we have the other one. 
one sounds like Genesis. Two is Secret of Mana Super Nintendo. So <laughs> which one. one? Which one is it? The first, first one. one is the Sega first track. One. The Definitely. second one is Super Nintendo. Mm. Um, is that your final answer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, so uh, that that's that's a good a good hunch, but I'm sorry to say that uh, you're right. Oh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a professional here. What a tease. That, that's what I yeah, do. You're so, good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's great. One one point. So um, pick another number from the non-Sega column, and another uh, one from the Sega column. Four. Four. <laughs> And four? and four as well. Oh, okay, four we can four, we four. can do four four. That's good. <laughs> so let's see, let's see. Uh, I think this is an easy one. Let's let's see what happens. This is the first clip. Oh Jesus! Oh, come on! Even I know this one. Over. <laughs> Even need to play the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play it anyway. But I want to play it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it anyway. And if you guess what the game the the, the second one is, um, you get an extra point. I don't know what it is, but that's jamming. <laughs> yeah. I like it a lot. It is. It it's is. on Genesis, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, yeah. which one is the Sega track? Uh, the Sega track. <laughs> no, it's the first one. Oh, God, no. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even I know that it's the second one. Yeah, that's an easy one, right? So, yeah. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> So the second one was actually Crusader of Senti in the US oh, or Soleil in, in Europe. Yes, it's mm. refugious. Let, let me ask you something, uh, Mr. Host. Why don't you give us your hardest combination? Let's see what we no, God, no. Hardest? I don't know. I, I, I haven't thought of that, actually. You're sabotaging the team, man. Jeez. <laughs> I, I have one. I have one for you. I have one for you. Let's let's go. Okay. Let's oh, go with... Go. My, my hardest combination was, was a different one. I can't go with that actually but uh let's go let's do let's split this one and uh let's play hmm. can you give us the numbers not that it's you know matter i'm gonna play numbers. eight from the non-sega side and ten from the sega side okay guys try and pick up on any clues you can from that <laughs> yeah, yeah thanks. thanks brandon you're welcome uh so Jeez. let's go let's play this one first. I was gonna say it sounded like Harvest Moon or something. And then we have this one. Oh no. is definitely the second yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. So I, 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 before, before you, you answer, um, I think you should be very careful with what okay. you say here, what oh, your answer gosh. is here. Yeah, remember, it's not just Mega Drive. It's any Sega game, right? Mm -hmm. And there's another... Hmm. 
So which one is the Sega track and then which one is the non-Sega game? I think the first one's the Sega because I think the second one sounds very, you know, SNES. I don't know. No, Just it's based. not SNES. It can't be. That FM sound, there's no way. That, yeah. You know? Like... And, and also remember that, our... remember that uh, when I say Sega, it means a Sega game, uh, a game that Sega developed or published. So it could be on a Sega console, but not be a Sega game. Okay. I'm not well, saying that's the case, but I'm just giving you a hint, or not. I just can't. I just can't imagine what platform that would have been that had that FM sound on it. Yeah, that, I know. You know, like so... an arcade cabinet of some kind, <laughs> or an Amiga. So which one is which one is it? Number one or number two? Want me to play again? Sure. I can. One more try. Let's let's go with number one again. And then we have number two. That sounds like some golden axe shit going on right there. I, I just, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, team. I asked for this. So. Hey, uh, can you play that one more time? Hey, Siri, <laughs> what is this song? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that, that'll work, but <laughs> let's Shazam it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they need a Shazam for video game music. That's, yeah, that's exactly. You know, that's that's something that, that that's a million dollar idea, I think, right there. I oh, feel yeah. like. I feel like I'm being tricked, but I'm gonna have to go with option two. What do you guys think? I, I think that's what I would say too, man. If if yeah. one turns out to be like a Genesis or something, I'm gonna be really. Yeah. So which one is it? Gonna... What's your final Number answer? Two. Number two. Number two. Dos. No. Oh. No. So this one, this one, uh, is is actually. Uh, quite similar to what we played before, uh, to the um, to the the fairy fountain theme from the Legend of Zelda series, but it is actually Water Goddess Mitula from Shining Force Two. This one, right? It's like Mega Man, man. Yeah, I I think this is I think they 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 were thinking Legend of Zelda when they they composed this, and then we have this one. Which is actually from <laughs> from the Mega Drive version of Pier Solar, oh, which, as you know, is not a Sega I, game. I, I, oh. And oh, damn it, Falco, that was you, baby. Yeah, and yeah. you so know, is, is that the is that the world map or what is that? This That's is Oasis Town. Game. Oasis Town, Oasis yeah. Oasis Town, oh my God. and I, I thought uh, that, that's why I told you to, to think carefully, because you yeah, know I, I know you're good friends with that. with uh, exactly. the guys from Watermelon Games, and so yeah, like that sounds that sound familiar, familiar, and you know, like the only the only console games that I was in contact with was the ones that Falco played throughout those six months I was in Alabama, <laughs> and Sonic 2, Sonic and Tiles, and Aladdin and Tom and Jerry on Sega Genesis. So I'm like, 
that sounds familiar that that and i only remember sega games maybe maybe i i will support your decision guys so oh man <laughs> okay so one more sure want to do one more yeah, sure. uh we can't end on losing note yeah you, you oh, have yeah. yeah right you have to go with all well, no promises uh, yeah, that so, we won't this uh, time which which now. one do you want? Which which numbers? Uh what have we used so far? Uh 748 from the non-Sega side and 2410 from the Sega side. We'll use 10 on na- Did you say 10 on non-Sega? Uh yeah, 10. 10 is okay. Okay. And 1 1 <laughs> Opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. the likes bros there for you. <laughs> yeah, that's let's that's let's see thing. what happens then. Number one. And number two. Remember, it's it's not it's not the hardware; it's the software manufacturer, not the hardware manufacturer. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Oh god! I mean, that second one sounds like a SNES Sony chip. So, and Sega did not make any games for this. So, I'm gonna have to go with option one. That's what I would go with too. Yeah, one. Is everyone in agreement about this? Yeah, I will trust your your expertise, guys. <laughs> oh shit, well, you shouldn't. Uh, well, actually, you should. Right. Indeed, oh, indeed. So, any guesses of you what the to. Sega game, the Sega game was? No idea. No clue. Or, or the hardware, um, at least. Anything. Uh, play it again. Mega Drive. That's either Genesis or Master System. Yeah. yeah, Master System, maybe even, yeah. You would think so, right? But it's actually the <laughs> Nintendo DS. Uh, oh, what? This is, <laughs> this is Sonic Chronicles, The Dark Brotherhood. Infamous for its uh, you know, low-quality soundtrack. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that was Angel Island. And the, the, the non-Sega track was the title theme from Harvest Moon, the SNES game. Oh. Yep. So yeah. That's why it sounded so familiar. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. I think we should do yeah, we I should do one more. more to get five. Get five. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's five go with five. Uh, but not not the number. Five tracks. Pick you. Pick the numbers. Um. Have you picked five? <laughs> no. Give <laughs> <laughs> me five first. <laughs> let's go is with five. Five, five yeah. for both. Yeah. <laughs> we can do five for both. So. Five on the fifth one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's luck. It's, it's a like f- getting seven 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 at the lottery. <laughs> yeah, lottery. It's, it's five five five. Yeah, it's almost as good. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. It's Number one good. then. Oh, oh that's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy seven or eight, right there. It's seven. seven. Yeah, and I think it's it's I think it's the battle with uh. Sephiroth? Sephiroth, yeah. I think it's the Sephiroth fight. And then we have this one as well. Man, that's some soul in there. Oh, that's oh yeah. 
This is amazing. Uh, so you you already know the answer, or don't you? It, it, it's uh, number two is the Sega. Number two. Any guesses of what the game is? Though. Sounds like, I don't know, freaking, was that Sounds one sp- game? It's not Space Channel 5. Is it? no. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Space Channel 5. It's, it's, it's an RPG. It has to be an RPG, yeah. so. Uh, is it a Saturn RPG? Maybe. Oh, I, bet. <laughs> I would bet it's no hands. Saturn RPG. Maybe, maybe. So yeah, yeah, it's number two. Number two was uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Oh my god! I'm yes, honest. this was the yeah. rearranged version of the main theme, which is Sonami Yareru Chanchi Two. Yeah, my Latin is amazing. And the the first one was Final Fantasy VII Genova. Oh, Genova. Genova. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's amazing. You got four out of five. So well done. Well done, you guys. Thank you. You did Thank great. Uh, I think you you get you get the, the the official Sega Lounge seal of approval, which doesn't actually mm-hmm. exist. But anyway, it's it's nice. Yeah. Do you send like an actual seal to our house? Like... We, we should we should some someday we'll we'll actually get them made. We and... open the door. It's just like orf orf. Like... <laughs> <laughs> A fucking seal shows up. Yeah. The door? I don't get... <laughs> like Tom and Jerry style. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. I I never thought of that. Yes, uh, when we actually do something, uh, we'll have to draw a little seal, uh, no clapping or something. The seal of approval. <laughs> okay. It just shows up. It's like you did good, son. You did good. <laughs> I'm proud of you, son. I just imagine a black dude sitting outside, serenading, kissed by a rose. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's actually a, an even better idea. Maybe we can get Heidi Klum to to come along, or I know I don't think so anymore. They, they they're divorced. Anyway, uh, <laughs> getting back on track. Uh, well done on the Sega Lounge Challenge. Um, Thank you. It's so. It's it's been a blast having you on on the Sega Lounge. It's always a pleasure. Um, what what would you, would you say to the fans listening to us right now, or to people just that just learned about the game and are interested in, in knowing more about it? I would say uh, to check out YouTube for our uh, series Adventures in Game Development. Uh, that's where you can the... see what's that. I was gonna say. Also, uh, we've been sh- we're streaming every other Sunday on Twitch, just hanging out, playing games, and talking to the fans, which we actually should be this Sunday, I believe. If right. you're still good for that, Falco. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. Continue on, Falco. Sorry. I'm not gonna back out of it on the air. Yeah, no. You should <laughs> check out, uh, check out uh, our series on YouTube. Uh, we should have one out by the end of the month, uh, chapter 34. Um, Check out, uh, follow us on social media. We do a pretty good job of updating uh, pretty uh, consistently, just random screenshots and things while we're working on the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, for that. Awesome. Yeah. And um, yeah. You, you guys, by the way, this game w- uh, will come out for which platforms? Okay. Uh, currently and officially, it is, God, let me remember. Uh, Steam, which includes Windows, Mac, Linux, um, iOS, which is iPhone, iPad, Android phone, um, Ouya, and now the Razer Forge TV. 
those are the official ones, but I won't say that there might not, or that there, yeah, there might be other platforms that I'm not mentioning. It's uh, not the most important one. And the Dreamcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. If you don't know that by now, shame on you. Yeah, exactly. That That's that's also oh, true. Forget that I, just, I forget to mention that because it's, yeah. It's pretty yeah, obvious. So, obvious. So yeah, uh, people people can can actually um, uh, actually pre-order the game or reserve a copy, right? Right. How can they do that? Uh, just go to elysianshadows.com. There should be a button in the top right for you can uh, reserve uh, the game with the same packages we originally had on Kickstarter, and we're starting to also add little uh, extras you can purchase, like. I have a development notebook I've been keeping just like all my code and engineering notes over the last couple of years developing Elysian Shadows and um, I'm selling that as a digital copy so you can look over all my work and see how we did some of the stuff. Uh, just stuff like that on the site also. I mean, and hey, if fans ask for it enough, we can get merch. We can get like a Julian mug, you know, rocking. <laughs> <laughs> Or even a seal of approval. Who knows? <laughs> An actual seal. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Of <laughs> we have a navy seal standing outside. <laughs> the seal trifecta: an animal, a singer, and a navy seal. Anyway, <laughs> the deluxe package. Uh, <laughs> Oh God, the Elysian seals. Um, so yeah, <laughs> for people wanting to learn more about uh, Elysian Shadows, go to ElysianShadows.com. Follow them on on YouTube. Uh, is it at Elysian underscore Shadows on Twitter? Yes. Yes, my memory is yeah, right. So. Awesome, and um, it, it's been a blast having you on on the show. So come back soon. You know, oh, yeah. when can Thanks can we? Do you have like a, a tentative release date for the game at this point, or not really? Are we allowed to talk about anything that might be happening around the time frame, Falco? <laughs> uh, you can talk about the fact something might be happening. I I don't think we can talk about exactly what it is around 2017. In, involving other resources and. Uh, I'd say that for now we're we're with the attitude when it's done, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. We'll be we'll be as we'll be super transparent with our development process, so we won't gonna go back to the dark times when no one knows what's happening. But okay. the priority is to the to deliver the best possible product we can do. So awesome. Um, we right. will we'll stick with that. That's that's reasonable, I think. So, uh, if you're interested in in the Elysian Shadows game and the project, go follow these guys. So, thank you so much, Falco, Jeremy, Patrick, and Brendan for coming on the show, for being for being such awesome guys. And you know, good luck with the rest of the development process. Um, and come back soon and tell us thank all so about. Uh, thank you. The, the you know. The, the game and how 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 it's going. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna take a break now, um, and uh, we're gonna play. Um, we're gonna play one track that you guys requested, which is "Escape from the City," the classic mix uh, from Sonic Generations, which I believe oh, yeah. uh, someone here is a big fan of. 
uh you know no not naming any names or anything <laughs> not Dude, naming any names that. but brendan yeah and uh we will also have this week's edition of memories of sega by a winner with you and this week he'll discuss outrun 2 which is actually an awesome classic arcade and console game by sega we need outrun, outrun 3 soon sega just like daytona usa 3 yeah. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, all the best for, for the game and for you guys listening to us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Sega Lounge. Thanks. different guest sega music news and whatever else we can think of the sega lounge only on radio sega from the 90s to the present take a trip back in time with a winner was you as he looks back at the sega games that defined his life memories of sega This week's edition of Memories of Sega, we'll be looking at OutRun 2, a game released for the Xbox in 2003. The game is a port of the arcade game released the previous year, which took everything that made the original OutRun so memorable and turbocharged it. Sadly, the Xbox port was overshadowed at the time by another, much flashier arcade racer in the shape of Burnout 3. 
That was a shame, as even though OutRun 2 didn't have as much content as the EA Racer, I believe it had more appeal and charm to it. I honestly can't remember where I first learned of this game at all, but I do remember my reaction. I was pretty psyched to hear that OutRun was finally getting a proper sequel after so many years of spin-offs. I was even happier when I learned the game would be getting a home release on the Xbox. I had to have it. Close to its release date, Game were doing a pre-order for the game where you uh, received a free demo disc, so I lapped that up as soon as I could. After all, it would be a great opportunity to try it out first-hand before the release of the main game. And I certainly enjoyed what I played of it, but I found it a little tricky since I had yet to get the hang of a new drift mechanic. Nonetheless, I still couldn't wait for the full game to come out. The final reviews of the game were good, although as mentioned before, the fact it was released so soon after Burnout 3 meant it just didn't get the acclaim it deserved. But Outrun 2 simply interested me a lot more, and sure enough, I was there on the day of release to pick up my copy. The basic aim is exactly the same as the original. Get to the end of five courses before time runs out. And at the end of each course, you still have a choice of two routes, which determines your overall route and ending. However, Outrun 2 spices things up with the aforementioned drifting mechanic. This adds a whole new dimension to the proceedings, especially once you master it. It's hard to put into words just how satisfying it is to drift through several tough corners at once. In addition to the standard game, there's also the charmingly named Heart Attack mode, where you're given various missions throughout the game which boost your score if you clear them. Exclusive to the Xbox port is a mission mode which gives you a set number of objectives to clear, and doing so unlocks new cards and even new music tracks, including the original 1986 versions of the classic Outrun tracks. Sadly, I only got about halfway through this mode. Those later missions were pretty tough. There was also an online mode, though that was though that's most likely shut down after these days. I never played that mode anyway, due to not having Xbox Live at the time. Of course, we have to mention the music as well. Magical Sound Shower, Splash Wave and Passing Breeze all return in remix format, though as mentioned before, it's possible to unlock the originals, as well as some snazzy Euro re remixes uh, composed by Richard Jakes. But there are also a selection of brand new tracks to listen to as well. These tracks, which include a few vocal tracks as well, stand alongside the classic originals very well and are almost as excellent in their own right. Of course, the graphics have been much improved as well. Every course looks fantastic and very, well, summery. The gameplay is where it really excels though. It may not have had as many features of Burnout 3, but I would argue it had more charm, and the additional game modes make it even better. The difficulty is also perfectly pitched. Play on the easier settings and it's a great way to unwind after a tough day. But if you really want to push yourself, you can crank up the difficulty for a far bigger challenge. It really is a game you can play however you want, and I love that. The Xbox port of Outrun 2 is sensational, and developers Sumo Digital deserve huge props for such an excellent conversion. Though the ex experience was bettered with its enhanced version, Outrun 2006 Coast to Coast, which had more courses and unlockables, this version still has a special place in my heart. It's one of those games that just can't fail to put a smile on my face every time I play it, and it's absolutely a textbook example of how to improve on an all-time classic. Whether it's this port, the arcade original, the updated version, Outrun 2 SP, or Coast to Coast, you owe it to yourself to play this game in whatever shape or form. Memories of Sega
Welcome back to the Sega Lounge for one last time. This is the After Hours segment of the show. I hope you enjoyed our interview with uh, the Leasing Shadows team. Great people. And hopefully we'll get a great game eventually out of this development process. Uh, and we'll keep you updated on news on, on the game. Uh, it's time to, to say goodbye, but before we do that, let me just remind you of Radio Sega's Fan Choice Song of the Year 2016 awards. And so during the the whole month of November, we're holding uh, the nominations process. How can you nominate tracks? Which tracks can you nominate? Well, just go to radiose.ga slash song of 2016 radiose.ga slash song of 2016 to find out um, more about the nominations process um, the tracks that uh, the games that are, are eligible so we're we're wanting you to, to nominate your favorite tracks from games that were released by Sega or Atlas in the past 12 months we don't want you to nominate games a few people have been doing that. We don't want uh, games. We want specific tracks from those games. So if you just send us, uh, you know, games like, you know, my nominations are Persona 5, Yakuza 5 and Sonic Boom Firehouse. That's that one too. We'll have, we need specific tracks, music tracks from those games. Go to Radio Sega, click the playlist and requests button, uh, search for the game you want to... to to pick a track from and just see how the tracks are called and send us those nominations. Uh, don't forget to arrange them in, an, in a way that reflect your preferences because uh, the first track you nominate gets 5 points, the second track gets 4 points, the third 3 points, the, the fourth 2 points and the fifth 1 point. So you know it's, it's important that you give your favorite track uh, the top score 5 points, so list it first on our survey. Uh, go to radiose.ga slash song of 2016 and you'll find a link to our survey and you can nominate your favorite five tracks from Sega games released in the past 12 months. However, instead of me just talking about it, how about we listen to Anit Food's soothing voice? Radio Sega's Fan Choice Song of the Year contest is back and we want you to nominate your favourite music tracks from this year's Sega and Atlas games. For a list of eligible games and to nominate your favourite five songs, head over to radiose.ga forward slash song of 2016. Nominations will be open until the 30th of November. The top 10 songs will be announced on the 1st of December. Go to radiose.ga forward slash song of 2016 and nominate your favourites now. There you go, Radio Sega's Fan Choice Song of the Year 2016. The nomination process is now underway. Don't forget to nominate your favourite tracks and by the end of the month we'll let you know the top 10 nominated tracks and those are the ones that you can vote for uh, in during the month of December uh, I'll be back next week with another episode of the Sega Lounge uh, we're working on a, a very fun interview with uh, a community website and so that, that'll be interesting for sure um, don't forget to go to radiose.ga slash shows uh, and find out more about our full lineup of 
uh, Radio Sega Live shows. The next one is Sega Mixer Drive, tomorrow at 9pm, GMT with Rexy. If you go to the shows and podcast page on radiosega.net or radiose.ga slash shows, uh, you'll find out when exactly uh, the show starts in your time zone. So the website will adjust to your time zone, so that's a plus if you're not familiar with all the different time zones. It can be confusing. Thank you for listening to the Sega Lounge this week. We'll be back next week with more. Keep listening to Radio Sega. We'll play the best Sega music 24-7. And don't forget to nominate your favorite tracks for Fan Choice Song of the Year 2016. We'll leave you with a chill track by Richard Jakes and the lovely TJ Davis from Metropolis Street Racer. This is State of Mind. I've been KC. This has been the Sega Lounge. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.